Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for another episode. As you know, as they all are through June, brought to you by Built Bar. If you go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first order. And before we get started here, no episode yesterday. It was the first day we haven't had an episode since the NBA shut down. And to be quite honest, I just didn't feel like talking about basketball with everything going on in the world. And, and that's it. And we are back today. And I'm very fortunate to have a guest with me and it's a face and a voice that all Bucks fans are absolutely going to recognize from Fox Sports Wisconsin to his work with the Bucks. He was covering the team from 2007 through 2018. There was definitely some Milwaukee Brewers in there as well. Of course, it's Tully Hughes. Thanks for taking the time. Okay. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So we are going to get to some Bucks stuff a little bit later on. And and I, I do wish that it was under better circumstances that we were talking today with everything going on in the world. But how are you doing and how is your family doing with, with everything that we've seen in the U.S. over the last week since the, the, the murder of George Floyd at the hands of a, a Minneapolis police officer? Uh, my family is safe and healthy and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I think I feel the same way a lot of African-American men feel in this country right now. And that is a lot of unrest, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, um, uh, not really knowing uh, what's going to happen next. Uh, It seems like this is just such a fluid situation and things are happening every day from protests to the president. mobilizing the military in U.S. cities uh, to curfews being established. And uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a very difficult time right now. And it's, it's tough to say how I feel because this is a feeling I've never felt before. And, and uh, it's just there's so much uncertainty that it just lends you to take each day one day at a time. And uh, that's what that's what I'm trying to do. So it's interesting. I, I spoke the other day on the podcast of from a person in my position, being white and, and having that privilege, I've been trying to listen and, and trying to read as much as I can and take in as much information as I possibly can. And the big thing is that whatever I read or whatever I listen to and listening to black men like yourself, the point that keeps on coming across, which should be very obvious to everyone is the fact that yes, this has been in the news for the last week, but this is nothing new in terms of what we saw last week in Minneapolis. So I guess you sort of touched on it, but that was the question I had regarding the emotions. You see this and all of a sudden it's in the news, but this isn't something new. Absolutely. And that's the thing that is really puzzling me is the fact that most people are now just getting it. And it was just a murder of, an African-American man in Georgia that was going out for a jog and he was ended up gunned down by two white men. And this is also the same city 
that has had numerous of incidents in terms of black unarmed men being gunned down or murdered by Minneapolis cops. And, um, and it's just something that uh, should definitely hit home for you that is so amazing. And it just really puts racism in the United States in a, in a, in a microcosm. Okay. I'm sure you are aware of the unfortunate death of the Aussie lady um, that lived in Minneapolis that was sh accidentally shot by a Somali African-American cop. Correct. I, I'm sure you recall yeah, that story. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. So that was very unfortunate, but you look at the dynamics of that situation versus this situation where this situation you had video camera and you saw the whole eight minutes and 46 seconds being played out of this cop's knee in Mr. Floyd's neck and suffocating him. And the situation with the young lady who ended up calling the cops, she was in, she ended up getting shot in a dark alley and the police officer who was sitting in his cruiser did not know who was approaching the vehicle. And it's not the point of the details of how it happened. It's what happened after that. That cop was indicted, tried, and convicted, and is serving 12 and a half years. And this was a cop that never had any complaints. And he had over 60 letters of recommendation from senators to other prominent people in the community saying that he was a good person that just made a bad mistake. And he still was convicted. Now, we are approaching two weeks since the murder of George Floyd. And it took a week for one cop to get arrested. The other three are still free people. And the worst thing that has happened to them is they lost their jobs. And when you, that is pale in comparison to what the Floyd family lost. They lost a father, they lost a son, an uncle, a brother. This has all been erased from their family. But these other three cops that were witnesses to this murder and could have done something about it still get to go home and be with their family. Okay, Talia, I'm going to jump in and remind our listeners of one of our great sponsors, Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The bars are tasty. They're the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. They're healthy. That's the important thing, Talia. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and, of course, we have a great deal for you. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. But that's not all we have. I mentioned this on the podcast the other day. I'm excited about this one. We have another local sponsor on board. That's Bobbles Galore. Bobbles Galore is the leading bobblehead retailer in the country. That country being the US, not Australia, just to just to clarify it. They have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sports leagues, including the Packers, Brewers, and of course the Bucks. They're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL. 
Right now, in limited quantities, only 1,500 total were made. They have a triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead that showcases Giannis, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian Yalich. It's unlike any bubble you've ever seen before. And on top of that, for Bucks fans, they have it a limited piece Greek flag Giannis bobblehead. You've got to check out the website at bobblesgalore.com. They have a super friendly chat feature on, it, on the website. So they're always there to answer any question you may have. Of course, as always, we've got a deal for you. Go to bobblesgalore.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive free shipping on your order. That's bobblesgalore.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Free shipping. So let me ask you about the media coverage then the last week in regards to everything, because you touched on it. You mentioned the video, the fact that this was on video. And this is, this is really conflicting to me because when I look at the media, I'm seeing a lot of distractions and I'm seeing a lot of other things that are taken away from the point of what this is about, which is exactly what you just mentioned. But at the same time, without those phones, without social media, we wouldn't have seen this. And then who knows what happens? Maybe nothing. I mean, it, it would just be another uh, murder of a black man. So how do you look at the media coverage of this? Well, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. This is nothing new to me being a black man in America. And uh, just to go back to that situation in Minneapolis when the Somali cop that um, yep. is serving 12 and a half years. By the way, there was no video or audio of the incident. Right. He was convicted based off nothing whereas these cops, the world have seen what he did to George Floyd. But the media coverage of it, uh, it just, it's just unfortunate that it took an incident like this to make people aware and, uh, and woken up to what has plagued African-Americans in this country for hundreds of years. And it's amazing that how the negative and the, the violent protesters, those are the ones that's getting the most attention. I participated in a peaceful demonstration in the streets of downtown Milwaukee Sunday afternoon, and there's absolutely no coverage of that. But when there is burning and looting and, and things of that nature, then that's what the world is seeing. And that's a problem. And that's a problem because, to be honest, for Black people, when we have tried to do things peacefully, it doesn't get heard. It doesn't get seen. I mean, this goes back to Colin Kaepernick. When he was kneeling and peacefully protesting the injustices of Black people in America on the football field, what happened to him? He lost his whole career. And the president gets on television and calls them sons of bitches. But you have a white cop that the world could see murder this black man who was cuffed and couldn't have done anything even if his knee wasn't on his neck. But he doesn't want to come out and make a statement about that. So the coverage is so biased. And I mean, you just even have to look at what preceded all this. And what preceded this uh, is what, four or five days ago or a day before he goes on Twitter and says, 
when they start looting, we'll start shooting. A day before, he was trying to get Twitter disbanded and just totally right. shut off. Yeah. But the following day, you go on and and fan the flames and 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 say such a, a racially charged thing that nothing in that statement was saying anything about coming together and being united as one. And so you have to be careful of how much of the media that you're dissecting. Because yes, you want to know what's going on, but you can't believe everything that you're hearing because they're only covering one side of it most of the time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the protests in Milwaukee because I'm fortunate enough that over the last few years I've made a bunch of friends there and, and certainly through social media, you see a different side that if I didn't know those people, I just would not be seeing those videos and I would not be hearing about the, the protests that are going down in Milwaukee. And from what I can see and from people that I know and I'm friends with, there's a lot of really good things happening out in the streets and people are being peaceful, they're out. And they're just trying to get justice for George Floyd, as you already spoke about. So what, what did you see when you were out on the streets in Milwaukee? Um, it, was, it was quite surreal for me. Um, I, that was my first ever time being a part of a protest. And I didn't know what to expect. And just to see people of all races come together and have one voice to try to get one, uh, one thing in mind, and that's justice. Now, keep in mind, this is the same. These are the same streets that an NBA player that plays in this city, in Sterling Brown, was tased and taken to the ground by six police officers just because he parked illegally at a Walgreens at two thirty in the morning. So this city has a lot of healing and and repairs to do themselves, but. To see the peaceful demonstration, I feel like there's hope. There's hope that people can come together and not have to do it in a violent in a violent way. So you mentioned the Sterling Brown incident, and and there's been a number of incidents around the NBA. And again, these are the ones that we've heard about. So you think of Tybo Cephalosha, obviously a few years ago. Um, I know Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook in in Salt Lake City with with a fan a a couple of years ago was also one. And we've seen a number of players around the league, to the surprise of absolutely no one, out there leading the way. Jalen Brown uh, has been out there. Stephen Jackson, a a former Buck, certainly uh, a friend of George Floyd, has been been doing a lot. Uh, From a a Buck's point of view, a couple of recent friends and guys that you spent a lot of time with. Jabari Parker was in Milwaukee and also Malcolm Brogdon. So Malcolm Brogdon in Atlanta. Exactly. So with he, those was two, part, he was with Jalen Brown, yes. So those two guys in particular, Malcolm and, and Jabari, you've obviously spent a lot of time around them, around the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure this is no surprise to you. What, what, what can you say about those guys as, uh, not necessarily on the court, but leaders in the community? Well, for those two, uh, this, that was absolutely no surprise to see them on the front lines and, and speaking out on social injustices. Uh, those are two people that regardless of any incidents, this was something that has been bred in them and is just a part of their character. And it's good to see how some of these athletes are using their platform to allow their voices to be heard. And they do understand that being professional athletes, people tend to listen to them more and they look up to them more. And 
And uh, while most people in, in those type of positions may shy away, uh, for Jabari and Malcolm, and those aren't the only two, but um, I do know that it, it was not a shock to see those two being a part of, you know, several protests, uh, Jabari in Milwaukee and Malcolm Brogdon in Atlanta, um, uh, because that's where he's from. And and uh, Malcolm's uh, grandparents have a rich history of marching with Dr. Martin Luther King in the South in the 60s. And, and so it's just some things are instilled in some people. And those are two people that that's been instilled in them for a very long time. And the thing is, as African-Americans in this country, the only thing we want is equality. And that's tough to get when you have laws that were made when we were only one third of a man. And it's tough. And when they say justice for all and liberty for all, we weren't a part, part of that all. It was all as in all of the white race. And so when you are working on a system that was built that way, it's times have changed. And, and it's just, some people don't want to change with them, but I mean, these social injustices and, and encounters that I have had to face in my life, um, just because the color of my skin, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, we, uh, we meaning African-American men and African-American people, we've always been taught to rise above, rise above the hate, rise above the injustices. But it reaches a point where people get tired. And, and that's what you're seeing right now with the uproar. People are tired of having to always be pushed down or not get the opportunities that are afforded for other people. Okay, Tally, I'm not sure if you're a big reader, but let me tell you about the most useful app on my phone because it's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. I like Blinkist because it helps me get the key takeaways of a book in only 15 minutes so I can incorporate these learnings into my life immediately. And with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. Of course, you also save 25% off. Only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. So you mentioned times have changed and the date has certainly changed, but I, I said I've been doing a lot of reading and one of the stories that sticks out to me, Pistons coach Dwayne Casey, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you caught this, but he was speaking about the fact that he remembers as a child uh, going to school and being scared and not feeling like he belonged and it was a majority all white or an all white uh, school. And now he's looking and saying, well, 54 years later, 
I'm still feeling like I need to have the same conversations with my kids, which in itself is heartbreaking to listen to. I'm sure this is a comment that, that very much resonates with you and you've had your own experience with similar things. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even down to the point of explaining this to my kids. And this is something that I have wanted to shield my children from this side of America for since they've been born. I have a 13 and a nine year old and they have majority white friends. And now you have to explain to them how some things may happen to their friends that's going to be different for them. And that's a tough conversation to have because it's a harsh reality to deal with. And it is really harsh, but that's the world that we've always been a part of. And when you talk about change, it's only a little bit. And that's the thing. We have used a little change to, I mean, America has changed just a little And but for us as black people, a little is a lot when you didn't have anything. And when you're coming from not even being considered a a full person to Jim Crow laws to all the desegregation. And now that, you know, it's so amazing that what affirmative action did, what affirmative action did was tell white people that, okay, now you guys got a fair shake. And it's way beyond that because there's always ways around racism. And that's the word that's, it's, I used to call it the R word because no one wanted to talk about race Correct. And, and, and sports or whatever. And I just read something that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, and I think it couldn't have been quoted any better. He said, racism is like dust. You can choke on dust, but you don't see it. But as soon as there's sunlight, you can see dust. And that's what's happening right now. The sun, and there's there's light being put on that dust that's been racism that's been in the air for hundreds of years. And it's just the uproar now. And I mean, even based off of my situations, I mean, you mentioned how many years I covered the Bucks, and all of a sudden, certain people come in and they want to go in a different direction. So they get rid of me, and who do they hire? A blonde female. I'm never going to turn into a blonde female. I don't care how hard I try. So it's hard to compete. But was it racial? I don't know, but did it cross my mind? Absolutely. And, uh, but that's not the only instance. I mean, you mentioned I've been a part of Major League Baseball since 2005, and you have no idea how many press boxes I go to in Major League stadiums in major cities in the United States where I was the only black person in the entire press box, city after city. And I'm traveling with the Brewers, and this is happening every city I go into. And when I was doing baseball, there were no other black male reporters in the entire game. And that's sad. 
But when there's no uproar and there's no cry out for it, then there's no need for the powers to be to make it any better. Because their thinking is, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If no one's complaining about no African-American reporters in, in Major League Baseball, and for that instance, even in, in the NBA, there's only a handful of black male reporters that were on the sidelines during my time with the Bucks. But it's something that people don't want to talk about because it's camouflaged. It's camouflaged with the color analyst being a former player who is most likely African-American. So you can't say, well, they're racist because, you know, we do have Marcus Johnson. We do have Dominique Wilkins. We do have Dale Curry. We do have Walt Clyde Frazier. But who are the play-by-play people? It's usually a middle-aged white man, a former black athlete as a color analyst, and a female on the sideline. And that's the formula. And they don't want to change that. And it's unfortunate. But, I mean, once again, as African-American, who do you go to? What do you say? Who's going to hear my pain? Who's going to care about my plight? So I'll do what I've been told to do and, and how I was raised, and that's always to rise above. So this, that was, I mean, you, you really touched on something I was going to bring up because obviously the last two seasons, I've been in walking, I've been traveling around a little bit, and it's, I mean, everything you say is is accurate. And even in Milwaukee, let me just say, we've there, there's been some reporters with ESPN, Malika Andrews was in town and Eric Woodyard this year, but that's very uncommon. It, it is. It really is. And it, it's, it's, I mean, you can't miss it. And I, I wanted to ask you about the diversity in the media, but you've touched on that. So I want to ask you a question that is potentially something that, that white people should be embarrassed about, but I know that it's something that's true. And that is right now, you, you mentioned you're out of the protests, not everyone, but people are coming together. So I know for a fact that there is a lot of white people out there that want to help and they want to say something and they don't want to stay silent, but they might not be sure what to say. And they don't want to speak up and say the wrong thing uh, with good intentions, what it may be. So for you, what would your advice be? And what is a way right now when everything is happening that, that, and moving forward, that a white person can help? Well, at this point, for a white person, silence equals violence. Right. If you don't say anything, then you're you're not saying anything. You're right. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be a fear of saying the wrong thing if you are standing for the right thing. Right. And the right thing is to have equality. And if you are marching on the premise of that, there's nothing wrong with speaking out. And that's why I I have a problem with um, uh, not just the NFL owners, but you know NBA owners um, down to Bucks ownership, who has yet to say anything. But yet and still, you are making millions of dollars from the labor of mostly African Americans who make up your roster. But when it's time for you to stand behind them in a cause that could affect 
generations to come, you're being silent. And so just to even come out and say, I don't, con- I don't condone this. I think this is terrible. Say something. But to not say anything, it makes you feel like, you know, this, if there's nothing else, this pandemic and, and this situation has revealed, it's revealed the true character of a lot of people. And I don't think white people should be afraid of saying the wrong thing if their hearts are in the right place. And I don't know what white people can say to make me or any other African-American feel better besides just saying, I'm with you and I understand. So let me ask you this then, as you're watching these protests over the last weekend, being involved yourself and and knowing the history and knowing that this isn't all of a sudden something that that has just happened. I mean, are you able to this look at this? This is nothing and, new. Yeah. So, so are you able to look at this and feel hopeful? I mean, what, what do you feel when you're seeing this? I hope that this changes things moving forward besides just being the hot trendy topic right now and being a hashtag. And that's the thing that's been the problem for so long. Uh, it'll, something will happen like this. It'll get covered. And then a week from now, we're talking about something else where you still have these families that are grieving. Um, uh, Philanthro Castilla, the African-American male that was shot inside of his car in front of his four-year-old daughter in Minneapolis, shot eight times. And there still is no justice. And as much as I have hope and I want to be optimistic, it's hard to be optimistic when you look at the history of law enforcement who have murdered unarmed African-American men. There have been no convictions, zero convictions. Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, the list goes on and on. Ahmaud Arbery now, George Floyd, no convictions. No police officers have served any time for killing these people. Sandra Bland, recently, about a week ago in Louisville, Kentucky, a nurse in her own home was gunned down by police who raided the apartment to think, uh, with a search warrant looking for drugs, which they never found. The black guy in Dallas who was killed in his own apartment by an off-duty officer who said, oops, I was in the wrong apartment no convictions. So it doesn't give you a lot of hope that justice will be served, especially now going on close to two weeks and everyone that's involved aren't behind bars. It's, it's, you're torn because you want to believe that maybe this is the one that will change things. And the only thing that's gonna change, that's going to make this better, is if legislation is changed. 
laws have to be changed. I mean, even if this cop does get convicted, which I doubt, and he does go to jail, it doesn't discourage any other cop from doing anything else because you have a president that's basically given them a pass to use necessary force to keep the unruly in order. But I just, I, I look at it where it's, that's why your first question asking me how I feel, I'm not sure how to feel right. because I want to feel like there's hope. I want to feel like this is all going to bring about change, but I'm not so sure it will. Well, as and you touched on it, and, and trust me, I'm as guilty of it as, as anyone else. The conversation is not going to end in a week. It's not going to end in two weeks. It's not going to end for, we, we hope it does at some point, but the point is this isn't an isolated incident, as you pointed out, and uh, that was why I wanted to get you on because, as I said, I am as guilty of it as anyone. I haven't had this conversation a month ago, and now we're having it now. Why? Because it's in the news, and I think that that's important to acknowledge, uh, Tully. Before we do wrap this up, and I really appreciate your time, I, I, I do want to talk about your show, Untold Truths with Tally. I, I've been listening to this the last couple of weeks, and for Bucks fans, obviously this is a Bucks podcast. You had an episode with Vin Baker recently, and also I have, I'm wearing my Brewers hat right now, actually, but you had Prince, Field, <laughs> yeah, Prince Fielder on as well, which was an yeah. extremely entertaining conversation. Tell us about the show. Well, the show, once the pandemic started, I just thought about how we're all being confined to our homes and, you know, for our own safety. And, and it gives us an opportunity to reflect on our lives and and we're trying to go. And I just looked at the relationships I've been able to build over my two decades in sports journalism. And I have been fortunate enough to be around a lot of professional athletes and get to know them on a different level. And so often they have other people tell their stories and it's usually not accurate. So I thought of a way that, well, maybe I can do, you know, Zoom calls and and interview these people where they can show another side of them. And that's the thing that I, I have been most proud of about this series on YouTube uh, right now that you can um, subscribe to on Telehughes Media. But it's, it's given fans an opportunity to see some of their favorite players in a different light. And you mentioned Prince Fielder, and one of the things that he said was one of the biggest misconceptions about him was he was mean or <laughs> nasty to the media. But it was nothing like that. And I knew that because I was around him every day. And so you had a chance to see, and hopefully others will go and check it out, along with other um, guests I've, ha I've had. But you see, Prince is a big, jolly, happy guy. <laughs> and, and he just liked to have fun. And But that was a side during his playing days you would have never gotten a chance to see. And so uh, that was the premise uh, and the concept of the show is just – leaning out and reaching out to people I've formed relationships with and allowing them to tell their stories and for their fans to see them in a different light. And uh, so far I've been able to uh, accomplish that. And I, like you said, I've had Ben Baker, I've had Prince Fielder, Dusty Baker, um, 
Jonathan Lucroy, former Brewer, got a chance to talk to him. Uh, three-time NBA All-Star Antoine Walker, and and I'm going to release my latest one uh, tomorrow. I got a chance to catch up with the 2019 WNBA Rookie of the Year, Nafisa Collier from the Minnesota Lynx, and talk about her story, just going to UConn and playing for Geno and, and just things that you won't ever get to hear about during a pre or post game show because there's usually not enough time to tell these type stories. So uh, I've been enjoying it and, and I look forward to providing more of these type of insights um, with, with my future guests. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs to go and subscribe to that show. It is a lot of fun. And I, I am wearing a Brewers hat, but I'm actually an Oakland fan. And so Jonathan Lucroy, they've got that, they've got that <laughs> cut over. I'm a big uh, Lucroy guy, obviously Chris Davis now as well. So uh, tell yes. me, I mentioned this yesterday when uh, I reached out to you and it was, it was very late notice, but I mentioned the fact that from Australia, before I moved to Milwaukee, I was watching the Bucks for a long time, watching your work and you were a big part of of my fandom and and what I knew from watching the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast, so I thank you for that, and I also thank you for for jumping on on late notice because, as I said, for me, uh, this is about education and listening, and and I uh, I've got a lot out of this, and and I uh, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out, and uh, I'm glad that I played a part in and your passion for the Bucks and and the NBA and. And uh, it's one thing that I always used to tell myself, you never know who's watching. And who knew <laughs> that you would be watching me all the way in Australia and it would spark the passion that you have for the Bucks and the city of Milwaukee. And I'm glad I had a part in that, even though I had no idea I was playing a part in that. But I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, and I hope that it does make you feel a little more comfortable having these conversations because this isn't going away anytime soon. Absolutely. And yes, everyone has called me crazy my whole life for being uh, a, a Bucks fan from, from Australia and watching all those games and, <laughs> and, and watching all those losses. Let's say that there were some bad teams mixed in there as well. But... I, I, these eyes <laughs> have seen a lot of losing basketball. Uh, <laughs> the Bucks I, I, didn't always have Giannis. I want people to know that. They have not always been good. Yeah, they the, won 15 games his rookie year. And but, I was there for all 15 wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, there was there was a lot of people I think that were able to turn the TV off for a couple of years and now come back and say, "Hey, this is fun. This is good. This is this is really entertaining stuff." Uh, but right. uh, uh, again, I really thank you, Tully, and for everyone listening. We will be back tomorrow again. We've got some fun stuff planned, but as Tully said, uh, make sure to keep listening, keep educating yourself, and and also, as he, he mentioned, maybe most importantly, don't be afraid to speak up and don't be afraid to have those conversations. It's it's very important in a time like this. So, Tully, thanks again. And for everyone, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.